0: Well, amen. Genesis 16. You may be seated. It's good to be saved. Praise God. Amen. I want to say thank you to Dr. Getch and to Dr. R., Dr. Weaver, uh, for just being a blessing to me already this morning, to Pastor Chapel and our friendship through the years. I also want to say thank you to Brother Warren for that testimony. I hope you listened attentively to that. Uh, That was a challenge. That was a message in and of itself. And I want to echo what Dr. Getch said as well about ministry. Uh, You ought to just pray and, and beg God and ask him to let you in, have a chance to get in and serve God and serve him full time in some capacity. And you will not regret it. And I mean that. You will not regret it. Now this morning, uh, I want to bring a message, as any preacher would do, you pray uh, specifically for what God would have you to do, and I don't have a message this morning that is a run the aisles and a, you know, a fiery message. This is more of a thinking message, and uh, I want it to be something that you kind of just ponder for a while and think about your life and the decisions that you make and the ramifications of those decisions. How many of you did not get a handout this morning? Hold your hand up if you did not get a handout this morning. Anybody? You guys did really good. Excellent. You nailed it. Genesis chapter 16. Let's read just a couple verses, and then we'll have a word of prayer. We'll get right into uh, the message this morning. I will not be long. Just some simple thoughts that I want to share with you. Genesis chapter 16. Uh, Notice, if you would, verse number 1. The Bible says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife... Bear him no children. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. Notice what it says. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai, and Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. And verse number four says, and he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. And Sarai said unto Abram, My wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she, when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between me and thee. Father, bless your word this morning, I pray, as it goes forth. May you speak to our hearts. And I pray that each person in here would be attentive to the Spirit of God. And that substantive decisions might be made as a result. And that you'd be honored and glorified in our lives. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name and amen. What happens when you get ahead of God? Columbia researcher Sheena Ledger has found that the average person, the average person makes about 70 decisions per day. Now, that's just the average person. Obviously, there are many that make more and some that might make a little bit less, but the average person makes about 70 decisions per day. Some, some could be big decisions. Some could just be simple ones. You're, you're, you know, you're at Starbucks. You're gonna, you you got to make a decision what kind of coffee you're going to get. If you, you, know, you want to get the good one, you'll just say, I want a tall Americano, double cupped, with like a splash of steamed heavy cream, with two honeys stirred, Counter-clockwise. It's the best drink you'll ever have. But in a serious note, there are 70 decisions, that's 25,500 decisions a year. And you take those decisions over 70 years, listen carefully, that's, that's 1,788,500 decisions in a lifetime. Someone said that life is the sum of, of your decisions. If you take the decisions that you make and that I make and you put them all together, uh, that eventually, that is who you are. We are a product of our decisions. Let me ask you a question this morning. Have you ever had a situation where you wanted something so bad and you just didn't wait on God and you just got ahead of him and in your mind it actually seemed like a good idea? but it ended up being a total disaster. I know that I have, and I've paid the consequences. And the hardest thing about that is in our, our hearts can be deceitful, and we can talk ourselves into things. And that's why we are reminded, the Bible says in Proverbs 14, in verse number 12, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the end, therefore, are the ways of, what's the last word? Death. So today, let's take a few minutes and consider this thought of what happens when you get ahead of God. And we see a perfect example of this in Genesis 16. Really four characters involved. There's Sarai, and there's Abram, and Hagar, and Ishmael. And keep in mind, God has already promised Abram that he's going to bless his seed. This is the irony of all of this. God has promised him prior to Genesis chapter 16, I'm going to multiply But I see, you just need to wait, you just need to trust me. Uh, Just real quick, if you would, glance over at Genesis 12, hold your place in in Genesis chapter 16, look at Genesis chapter 12, and look at verse number 2. Notice what God says, speaking of Abram, he says, I will make of thee a great nation, I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Turn over to Genesis 13. Look, if you would, at verse 15. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. So it's crystal clear. God's already given a promise to Abram and Sarai. And the reason it's so important is this, is that God is, is given many promises But sometimes it takes a little bit of time. Uh, Take, for example, if you would, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. You have the promised seed that comes. Uh, It took a little bit of time for that to come to fruition. Uh, think, if, if you would, of uh, Joseph. He had a dream that his brothers would bow, bow down to him. That took a little bit of time. David, as a teenager, was uh, anointed to be the king. That take a, took a little bit of time. And I say that to say this, maybe God has spoken to you about something. Maybe he impressed something upon your heart. Don't get hasty. Don't get ahead of God. Wait on God. Notice in your notes, this is uh, the first thought, and this is what happens when you get ahead of God. Number one, you will begin to question God. You'll begin to question God. Go back to Genesis chapter 16 and glance at verse number two. And Sarai said unto Abram, behold now, notice this, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. Uh, would you say that with me? The Lord hath restrained me from bearing. What what, what is she doing here? She's blaming God. She's blaming God. Many times you want something so bad, maybe you even feel entitled to it, and, and you might do exactly what Sarai did in our text. She began to question God. She said, the Lord hath restrained me. There's a reason I'm not having a child. And she blamed God. God had already promised that he was going to bless them and their seed. And I mean, you can cut Sarah a little bit of slack. I mean, she was 90 years old at the time. But when you're dealing with God, remember, he always keeps his word. Always. It may be daunting. Sarai's response in Genesis 18 was that when she heard that she was going to have a child, she laughed. But then God says in Genesis 18, verse 14, uh, is anything too hard for the Lord? I would say to young people, there may be a boy that you like. There may be a girl that you like. Uh, You better wait on God. It will happen in his timing. Don't say if it's not working out, say, well, the Lord has restrained me. Now you're blaming God. Trust me, he knows what's best. Notice, secondly, if you would, if you get ahead of God, as this story begins to unfold, you find that, You will develop your own plan. You'll develop your own plan. Genesis chapter 16, would you look at uh, verse number 2, And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. Notice, I pray thee, go in unto my maid. I don't believe this is some maniacal, conniving plan. I think plain and simple, this is just somebody who's hasty in spirit. This is somebody who's not trusting God. They both know God had promised them a seed, yet it's taking time for it to come to fruition. They've already seen God work in the past, but it's clear from the passage, Sarah's tired of waiting. She's ready to take matters into her own hands. She says, go in to my maid. Hagar, maybe God will bless this. Maybe this is the seed He wants us to have. Remember, there is a way that seemeth right unto man. so Notice, again, just thinking the process through. And this is so relevant because it's not just Abram and Sarai. It is you and it's me. And the ramifications of us when we get ahead of God are, are horrendous. Uh, think of the children of Israel. Uh, they were to follow the cloud by day and the fire by night. And once they, if they followed the cloud, they were fine. If they followed the, uh, the, the fire, they were fine. But any time they got out from underneath the Lord... It wasn't good. And so the third thing I want you to notice is this. You will roll the dice with your future. Look at Genesis 16. Look at the end of verse number 2. It says this. Sarai makes this statement. It may be that I obtained children by, by her. I'm sorry, but every time I read that, I laugh. She says, it, it may be. She's, she's rolling the dice with her future. As I was meditating on this message, I thought to myself, I know many Christians that would, would never go to the casino. They would never go play the slot machines. They would never sit down at a poker table. But when it comes to their futures and their decisions, they simply roll the dice which, with their future. She says, it may be. Basically, that's, that's what she's doing. May I say there's too much at stake to roll the dice with your future too much at stake. God will speak to you, but you have to listen and you have to properly discern his voice. Uh, years ago, when I was in school, we were talking in the ready room here this morning. When I was in school, uh, I played a lot of sports. I played football. I, played, I, I, I did wrestling. I did track and field. And uh, I remember vividly uh, one particular uh, event that I did was probably my favorite event. My best event was, it was called pole vaulting. And I just enjoyed it so much. Uh, How many of you do not know what pole vaulting is? Just raise your hand if you don't know what pole vaulting is. Okay, just a few of you. All right. So this particular day, and if you know track and field, you know that there's all kinds of events going on at the same time. Uh, you have the triple jump and the long jump, and you might have people running around the track. you got the high jump, and just everything's going. This this particular day, we had six different schools there, and uh, I remember vividly, I was uh, I was uh, getting ready to go, and Dr. Getch, there's just that, it was Syntrax, I'm dating myself a little here, but it was the Syntrax, and I'm getting ready to go and just do my jump, and... Get ready, and I just go full speed down that thing, and I'm just getting ready, and I just plant, and, and keep in mind, while I was getting ready to go, other events taking place, the 100-yard dash was over here, they were getting ready to go, they're all going simultaneously, and I go full speed, and I plant Dr. R in that pit, and I rock back, and boom, the pole broke, just pop, and all of a sudden, the 100-yard dash took off, because they thought it was the gun. Now, I say that to say this. They thought they heard something, didn't they? And sometimes we think we hear God, or sometimes we almost talk ourselves into it because the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked above all things. Let let me submit to you this morning that make sure you're hearing the proper voice and discerning the voice of God. You might make a decision in life and take off and do something that you weren't supposed to do. It's imperative that we wait on God. Would you just notice next in your notes when you get ahead of God inevitably you will hurt those around you? You know, the Bible says that no man lives unto himself. Look at Genesis chapter 16. Would you... Look at verse number six. But Abram said unto Sarai, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as it pleaseth thee. And notice what it says. And Sarai dealt hardly with her. She fled from her face. Now as the plot unfolds you begin to see others are affected. Now it, it wasn't just Sarai involved and 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 now you have Abram involved and you have Hagar uh, now you have uh, Hagar involved and and now soon to be a child involved and and I know sometimes and I don't know about you I read uh, especially in the book of Kings or Chronicles, and you start reading about all the different characters. And I was never good. Some of you probably are, but when I was in school and they would do the story problems, you know, Johnny had four loaves of bread and went over to Billy's and picked up five and went over to Sally's and dropped off two and then went over to Michelle's and picked up five. And when she got back to Mark's, how many did she have? I don't know and I don't care. And what bothers me the most is that some of you know the answer to that and it just bugs me. But this is a, this is a situation, in, in all honesty, where these characters are involved, but it begins to affect everybody else. And the point is simple. When you and I get ahead of God, we will inevitably hurt those around us. I've seen this happen on numerous occasions. Many times, with good intentions, even in our own local churches, I've seen dads that have just, you know, especially the last couple years, You know, they want to just get out and run and do this and do that. When everything around you begin to shake and people make hasty decisions and and maybe get out of the will of God and go run somewhere where there's nobody around and some utopian thing and they pull their families out of church and inevitably it's not just the dad, it's the mom and it's the kids and the kids are out of church and, and all these things. It's just not helpful. No man lives unto himself. Everything we do affects other people. Sarah wanted something so bad, now she began to involve other people. Everybody's going to live with the consequences. So, just a review here, when you get ahead of God, number one, you begin to question God. Number two, you develop your own plan. Number three, you, now you're rolling the dice with your future. Number four, you inevitably hurt those around you. I want you to notice uh, number five. and This one can, can, is so, so important. You will never fully be satisfied. You you may get what you want, but you'll never fully be satisfied. Look at Genesis 16 and verse 5. And Sarai said unto Abram, My wrong be upon thee, I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes, the Lord judge between me and thee. Now, help me out for just a minute. Sarah got exactly what she wanted, did she not? She went in unto Hagar, she conceived, and they bared a son. She said to Abram, she said, well, why don't you go in unto my handmaid Hagar? And it it may be that we obtain children by her. And so Abram hearkened unto her voice, and he did it. And he went in unto her, and they had a son. And so all of a sudden, now you would think Sarai is going to be absolutely elated. She's so happy. She got a child. And this is what she wanted. But it says this in verse number five, my wrong be upon thee. People think she's going to be happy now. No, the Bible says once she got what she wanted, she was unhappy. It's one of the greatest lessons you and I could ever learn. If you get ahead of God, you don't wait on him. You're never going to be fully satisfied. The opposite happened. So many biblical examples of this, it's overwhelming. Uh, One of the greatest is found, and we won't turn there, but in 2 Samuel 13 with Amnon and Tamar, he wanted Tamar so bad, he knew it was wrong. The Bible said he took her anyway, and and he got what he wanted, but in verse 15 it says this, then Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he loved her. I want you to turn over just real quickly, if you would. We're just about through here, but Psalm 106. Turn over to Psalm 106. This will be the last verse that I want you to look at. Psalm 106, you can hold your place in Genesis 16. We would save ourselves a lot of heartache if we would learn this principle. Psalm 106. Now keep in mind, this is, this is the thought of, of, of you and me in our lives. When we get ahead of God, you will never fully be satisfied. Look at Psalm 106, look at verse 13. It says this, They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel. But notice it says this, They lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. So look up here for just a minute. Understand, they wanted something. They lusted towards something. Well, obviously, God knew what they wanted. And, and of course, God could have said no, because he can do that. And this is one of the greatest reminders in the Christian life is this. God will never force himself on anybody. You have a free will. He is a, you could go 20, 30, 40, 50 years uh, not reading your Bible, saved yet so as by fire and, and all these things. But you're missing out. Yep, great. Psalm 106, at the very end, I don't want you to miss this. It says, They tempted God in the wilderness, and watch this. And God gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. Can I say to the students this morning at West Coast Baptist College, you may be right now, I have no idea what you're going through, but you may be right now pondering a decision. You may want something so bad it seems right to you. And you can have all the counselors and the preaching and, and all this, but ultimately you're going to make a decision. You may be pondering something right now and even talk yourself into doing it. And God may give you the desire of your heart but I want to submit to you, it is a biblical truth, an unequivocal truth. He will send leanness to your soul. And you don't want that. You want God's blessing and you want God's hand. May we learn this lesson and wait on God. And then lastly, this morning, I want you to notice if if you would in Genesis 16, you will always live with the consequences. You will always live with the consequences. You're in Genesis 16, notice verse number 12. Now, let me just, before we read it, understand, obviously, uh, Abram went in unto Hagar, and they had a son, and his name was Ishmael. Okay, so they, they had a son. The interesting thing in verse number 12, it says this, speaking of Ishmael, he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. In this case, we see an irrefutable principle. And that's this, you, you reap what you sow. And if you're wondering uh, if, if we today are still living with the decision, think about this, some two, 3,000 years ago, Do you you think that we today, 2022, February 28th, or it's March 1st, no, it's March 1st, February 28th, March 1st. March 1st, we're still living with it today. Guess what? We are. Because Ishmael and the whole lineage, and you can trace it yourself, the whole lineage of the uh, Arab race and all that's going on Today, we are still living with the ramifications of Genesis chapter 16. You go look over in the Middle East and you know what you see? You see Ishmael. You see his lineage. You see him as a wild man. You see that his hand is against every man, and he is dwelling in the presence of his brethren. And that's still going on today. When you and I get ahead of God, we will always live with the consequences. And obviously the antidote to all of that is just to make sure you wait on God. And the Bible's uh, replete with verses on waiting on the Lord, being patient and trusting him. Turn on any news channel and you'll see verse 12 manifesting itself and you have since it happened. May I say to you, anytime you get ahead of God, you will always live with the consequences. You know, it's interesting, even in Solomon talks about in Proverbs chapter 6, he says this, speaking of immorality, he says, whoso committeth adultery, he says, lacketh understanding. But he says this, a wound and dishonor shall he get. It doesn't mean a person can't be forgiven, but it says a wound and dishonor shall he get and his reproach shall not be wiped away. It's always going to be there. How is it with you this morning? Is there something you're having a hard time waiting on God about? Is there a promise that he has given to you that just seems like it's not going to come to pass? Is there something that you want, but God has not said yes? Whatever be the case, remember these principles, what happens when you get ahead of God. You will begin to question him. You will develop your own plan. You will roll the dice with your future. You will inevitably hurt those around you. You'll never fully be satisfied and you will always live with the consequences. I had that pole in my hand, getting ready to go. I was just focused on planting it in the pit and doing what pole vaulters do and getting over the bar. And when I went and that pole snapped and the 100-yard dash took off. They thought they heard something. And you may be sitting here today and you're thinking you're hearing something. Try the spirits. Get alone with God. Seek His face. Get counsel. I would submit to you when it comes to decision-making, always line up the stakes. And That is, number one, is it biblical? Is it practical? Have I gotten godly counsel? And do I have peace about it? That will help you to not get ahead of God. Let's pray. Father, we love you and thank you for loving us. Uh, Thank you for your goodness to us, grace and mercy and patience with us, even as we have no doubt made mistakes by getting ahead of you. But I pray that this message, this simple truth would resonate in the hearts of those that are here today in a way that is honoring to you. And Father, there may be some students in here. They've got some decisions to make. Maybe they're a little bit disappointed and things aren't going the way they thought that they should go. Help them to be patient and to wait on you and to trust you. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. And amen. piano was playing this morning, there's an invitation from God to us. Maybe that invitation is just to come and wait on the Lord. Many of us are making major decisions in our life, decisions that will have ramification for all of our life. Are we hearing His voice or our own?